Should you trust Jameis Winston's thumb and judgment in Week 15? Are we finally seeing the real Devontae Parker right now? And does Darius Slayton make for the better play over Mike Williams in championship round leg two? Plus the 2019 FFPC main event, second place team owner Garrett Lerner hangs out with us to talk about T.Y. Hilton, the Raiders backfield, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. <laughs> KRS and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. With the master rhymer, that's the behind the video Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you, Balkaholics, Anger, Zach, and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk about Le'Veon Bells. Uh, Le'Veon Bells. Oh, that is his name. God, it doesn't even seem like his real name anymore, Dave, because he's been so terrible this year. Le'Veon Bells down here. The Will Fuller roller coaster ride, and Garrett Lerner is going to join us shortly to tell us all about his second place FFPC main event team with just two weeks to go in the championship round. Shout out to the chat room right now. It's all a buzz, a lot of stuff going on in there. Guys, feel free to post any questions you might have in there. Twitter, at HSFFOR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Garrett is on Twitter, at Garrett Lerner. You can post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash HSFFOR. If you want to give us a ring, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. football at gmail.com is the email address that our producer mutual friend, our audio engineer, and my best friend, uh, Bryce, producer mutual friend, Rob, excuse me, our monitoring. They'll get all those questions to us in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. And Dave, I got to believe that with uh, week 15 upon us, we're probably going to get a lot of uh, SOSs, a lot of people sending out SOSs to us this week with some tough decisions. Everything's magnified this time of year. We're, we're going to stop doing this for, for real uh, after next week. We're going to stop the podcast? No, no, no. Like setting lineups. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. Oh, yeah. yeah, what would you do on Fridays if you didn't have this show? I don't know, probably spend time with my family. So, I mean, <laughs> guess we're doing this. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, this is it. Weeks 15 and 16, if you made it this far, congratulations. And uh, keep it rolling. Let's have a great weekend. All right, do you have any uh, any teams still going? Your Dynasty League, you said, did really well last weekend. Oh, uh, yeah, they did okay. I mean, uh, but I did well last night with Lamar Jackson and four. I have five semis, and yeah. so four of the five uh, had Lamar Jackson. That so works. Quite happy that works. That. Absolutely. Well, congratulations to you. And Lamar Jackson and Dynasty Dave, quite frankly, it is the gift that keeps on giving. Hey, you can afford a lot of gifts that keep on giving. If you are able to cash in the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge, a $500,000 grand prize, 
That is half a million bucks. $1.12 million prize pool, just $200 an entry. And don't forget about the inaugural Football Guys Playoff Challenge, a $100,000 grand prize at just a $35 entry, $300K in that prize pool. You can sign up both of those at myffpc.com right now. High stakes lowdown this week on rotoviz.com slash podcast and Apple Podcasts, uh, Blue Wire Podcast Network. It's our, goal, our old friend, BFD fantasy football founder, Lou Tranquilli. He's had a lot of success, and he's got the 19th place team in the FFPC main event. And Dave, I'll tell you this, one of the nuggets that he dropped on that uh, podcast this week, nobody in his family, very few of his friends know uh, that he is 19th place in the main event. Hasn't told anybody. Really? Has not told anybody. Is what he said his wife doesn't know, his kids, nobody knows. Sweet. Yeah. If he wins it all, he can, uh, he can Keep, squirrel it away. Yeah, exactly. Not even tell her. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> uh, I, but uh, all kidding aside, a lot of good stuff on that Lou Tranquilli podcast. Check that out, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Um, we uh, can get in. Yeah, let's get into it uh, tonight, Dave. Football guys, Roto World, Rob, all uh, responsible for tonight's rundown. Cardinals GM, we're going to start off in Arizona here. Cardinals GM Steve Keim actually would not commit to bringing back David Johnson in 2020. This according to azcardinals.com. The full quote from Keim when he was asked about David Johnson. Those are the kind of conversations that will certainly be held internally. We'll take a deep dive into this roster and take a look at every guy. David Johnson will be celebrating his 28th birthday on Monday and obviously has had a very bad year. Anybody who drafted him at the 104, 105, they wish they could have that one back. 3.8 yards per carry. The uh, Cardinals trade with the Dolphins to bring in Kenyon Drake. So you look at David Johnson, Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, Dave, this backfield next year. Is Drake a big buy, or do you think the Cardinals address that situation if they let David Johnson go? I think it's – well, Drake might not cost too much money, but if if everyone assumes you're going to let David Johnson go, he might start commanding something in drafts. I do think that there's a strong possibility they address that situation in the draft, although they – they have a lot of defensive holes. Um, I, I, I don't know. They, there's a lot of things they need to fix, right. fix over there. And, and one of the things they should they, – well, technically they shouldn't need to fix is the, is the receivers. Kyler Murray will have a complement of receivers next year, including Christian Kirk. He gets Hakeem Butler back. He's already well, going to have gets, Andy Isabella. Isabella is breaking out next year. Don't right. worry about yeah, it. Yeah, clearly, yeah. <laughs> Keyshawn Johnson, remember, he was the darling – in, in, the, yeah, in the pre-draft was, process. Yeah, pre, preseason, he was playing well. Kind of disappeared. We don't know if Fitz will be back. Uh, Chase Edmonds can catch passes to uh, Kenyon Drake. We'll see what happens with Drake. I think that's going to be interesting. The, the thing that stinks is David Johnson, if you're holding him in Dynasty, man, that is your lump of coal this year. It is, yeah, in that his value is plummeting. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I can't see the, the, Dolph, the Dolph, I can't see the Cardinals letting David Johnson go and then not addressing the position. I can't see them going in with Chase Edmonds and only Drake right. if they're two running backs. You know, even they could, you know, pick up some free agent, but I just can't see them not addressing it in the first four rounds of the draft. Yeah, no, I'm with so. you. I, I totally agree on that. Uh, questions in the chat room right now. Our good buddy, Tupacker, the official mascot of the show, wants to know if Ian Thomas is going to repeat again what he did last week. Said the guy was money last week without uh, – Greg Olson, we already know that Greg Olson was uh, declared out this week. What do you think about Ian Thomas at home against the Seahawks this week, Dave? You like him as a potential top 10 guy? I do, actually. I think he's going to have a good week. I really do. I don't have him going anywhere at all, but I wish I kind of did. Um, five for 55 and, and uh, a touch. That's probably a little bit aggressive. But five for 55, I could definitely see something like that. Yeah, that might, that might be a little bit high. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. 
No, that's it's the way I feel about <laughs> I mean, it's Ty. Po- it's possible. But he, I... looks, he looks very good. Uh, Ian Ty, remember, he was the darling after last season when everybody was kind of assuming that Greg Olson was either going to hang it up or his best days are behind him because Thomas looked good last year. Now he looks very good again this year with no Greg Olson. We'll be paying attention to that uh, for sure. Let's go on and uh, yeah, five for fifty-seven a touch last week. All that's right. what he had. Yeah. Okay, I know he. I remember we talked about this on the show when Olson had the in-game injury in week thirteen. He ended up catching four passes for twenty-four. For yeah, in after he came uh, came back. All right, uh, moving on. Let's talk about the Bucks. Jenna Lane on Twitter. Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians did confirm that Jameis Winston will start week fifteen against Detroit. He has a hairline fracture in his right uh, thumb, which is his throwing hand. Still threw for a career high for 456 yards over the Colts in a win. Uh, Arian says Winston is ready to go after he saw him throw today. No Mike Evans, obviously, who's going to be out for the remainder of the regular season. And in case the Bucks make the playoffs, we'll see. Winston, you starting him this week with the hairline fracture in his throwing thumb, Dave? Uh, you know, I, I would if uh, I don't have great options. You know, it does suck that uh, Evans is gone, but, you know, maybe O.J. Howard gets some more run and uh, Godwin's going to get peppered with targets. A hairline fracture is nothing. I mean, really, okay. no big deal. He was, he, I once, you know, I once punched a street sign before a, a dart league tournament with my right throwing hand. Right. I played darts that night. Yeah. It was totally numb. Dude, but how I did think you, he was broken. How, I guess, I guess the, pro, or the question I have is how many picks did you throw <laughs> that night on darts? Did you see on Twitter, by the way? Uh, I, I, I maybe have been it was maybe Austin, uh, Austin Martin might have tweeted it, okay, but it was, yeah. uh, it was they were saying Jameis Winston's throwing tennis balls, and then it, someone posted a picture of a dog saying, "Hey, Jameis got picked off." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> dog running with right? Yeah, ball. that is good. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, now he's back to football, so I think he's all right. So, yeah. So Jameis Winston was not gripping a football earlier this week in practice. Then he graduated to tennis balls. Now apparently he's throwing footballs, which I guess is good. We'll see what happens there. Um, I, I guess my whole thing is I, if Winston's out and Ryan Griffin is in, you got to downgrade all your box players. Uh, not maybe, I mean, you're still playing Godwin, but everybody else. Okay. The coach said he's playing. He's playing. Do you have any feeling on um, if anybody else is startable on Tampa besides Chris Godwin? Do you have a feeling between Scotty Miller or Justin Watson, or is that a situation to avoid, even if one of them is the number two receiver? I would look at you know, Watson was productive when he had, had the opportunity. I, I knew it. I was Plus, at, he has great metrics, Balky, I was, and this, a high GPA from Ben. Riggs, okay, this is uh, Dave. This is how well I know you. My <laughs> my one of my, uh, my one of my bosses at the radio station today was asking me about his lineup, and he's sweating it big time now because he was going against Lamar Jackson last night. So he's like, and it's a deeper league, so he's looking at like a second flex, and he's like, well, what about these guys? What about this guy? And then he was, he was like, what about between Scotty Miller and Justin Watson? I'm like, well, you know, my co-host for the HSFF Hour, <laughs> yes. he loves Justin Watson because uh, he's this Ivy League, really smart guy. And, like, sure enough, what, what do you bring up tonight? He's smart, and he's, you know, he's fast. He's a good uh, – it, it, and plus, coming out of a small school, it right. takes a while to, to pick up on the game. So, I, you know, maybe he'll be all right. Um, let, it's let's, against the what, the Lions? Yes, Detroit. I mean, yeah. He'll be o- – put it this way. He'll be open. Okay. Um, quick, would you rather with Jameis Winston here, uh, considering you could have some other options? Jameis Winston at the Lions, right, or Dak Prescott at home against the Rams? Um, I think I'm starting Dak. I feel Dak's had a, re- had a good year so far. You know, the Rams' defense is pretty solid, but with that pass rush, Dak might actually run a little bit. I agree uh, with that. I'd rather play Prescott. Uh, Jameis Winston or Aaron Rodgers at home against the Bears? Ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, give me Rodgers. I'm going to go Winston there. All right. uh, final one here, Jameis Winston or Baker Mayfield, who is at the Cardinals. Yeah, that's kind of tough, too. Uh, I'm going to take Winston. Okay, I, I would, too. The, the whole Cleveland thing has, has me spooked. And I don't feel good about starting any of those guys, including yeah. Landry and Beckham. I, Actually, Chubb I'd be fine with. If it, was a, if it was a home game against the Cardinals, I'd feel better about it. This, I know the Cardinals' defense is terrible, but a, the road games, and he's still only a second-year quarterback, sometimes, sometimes defenses will surprise you at home against you know road quarterbacks. You never know. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, speaking of Arizona defense, did you see the Cardinals cut Terrell Suggs today? I did not. But a future Hall of Famer out there for the picking. Anybody who needs pass rushers. Yeah. Cardinals do, but I guess they don't want him. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell last that, night. That, that great Steve Heim making moves, you know. He, Steve Keim. Whatever the yeah. hell his stupid name is. Hit him with a Keim. Le'Veon Bell rushed for 21 times uh, for 87 yards in uh, the Jets' loss to the Ravens last night. He also had two catches for one yard. Remember, $27 million guaranteed is what the Jets paid him. Has not touched 100 yards on the ground so far this season, and we're entering week 16. Uh, Troy Aikman also pointed out that he failed to run out a few routes last night when uh, they were taking on Baltimore. Dave, I guess, you know, you kind of know what Le'Veon Bell is this year, but if he's back with the Jets next year, I am staying far away from him in the first round. Where will FFPC players, where will FFPC players be taking him next year? If he's back with the Jets? Yeah. Is he the getting the girly treatment? Is he like a early third round pick? I think he's later, like third, fourth. Wow, fourth, isn't that fourth, crazy? Probably, yeah. So you know, at that point, I might be on board. I think you might have to take a look. You at go it. zero RB and get Le'Veon Bell late. Yeah, well, I guess you could. Sort of zero RB. Sort yeah. of, yeah. Modified zero RB. You know, he might, he could improve next year. It's not out of the realm of possibility. You know, he had a sluggish year off, and uh, or he could just be on the big time downslope of his career. I, I think it's more likely that Bell comes back and has a good year. Maybe than David Johnson, although it's, I, you know, that's not that's written in pencil. I'm not really sure yet. I think I think Bell is more likely to have the bounce back next year than Johnson. Uh, in yeah, my opinion. that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. But I just you know, written in pencil. It Agree with you pencil. there. Yeah. Uh, let's get to a couple of questions in the chat room here. Our our good buddy Wasp guy has a flex question, Dave. He wants to know: Do I go with John Brown or Tariq Cohen this week? John Brown is at the Pittsburgh Steelers, Dave, and Tariq Cohen is up in Lambeau Field on the frozen tundra, which actually it will be frozen um, uh, against the Packers. Uh, news came out today. The Green Bay Packers are giving out free hot chocolate and hot cider to all fans there because of uh, how cold the game is going to be. So wh- what are you really? playing? Yeah, John Brown or Tariq Cohen? Slam dunk for me. I know what I'm doing. So they're playing uh, – They're playing. John Brown's at Pittsburgh, Tariq Cohen's at uh, Green Bay. Uh-huh. Or as Troy Aikman would say, Green Bay. I think, I think I'm starting Cohen, actually. Really? Oh, we got to make a wager on this because I'm playing John Brown. All right. So I got five on John Brown outscoring Tariq Cohen this week. I'll take five on Cohen. I got five on it. All right. I like it. I, I like my chances here. Well, you know, the reason I like Cohen is that this is a, clearly one of your crappier players. And, you know, it's, you know this is like the bottom of your, this is your last flex pick. And to me, Cohen has more of a – not an upside, more of a floor, higher floor than than Brown does. He might, although Montgomery's really been coming on lately, and the Packers um, treat um, uh, uh, running backs, opposing running backs, like I treat good health choices. We run far away from them. We do not like to tackle them. And so I look at, uh, from the standpoint of of where where the fantasy points going to come in the Bears' backfield, I think it's going to be Montgomery. To your point, though, Cole Beasley and Josh Allen have been locked in lately. Uh, and that is taken away from John Brown. He's had a couple of clunkers. So, okay, so Green Bay is at home, though. Correct. 
Okay, so the what's the line in that game? Six? Four. four I think it's four right now. Is it four and a half? Uh, I don't know. I'm just. I was it's just, four. I was just four and a half. It up. I have no idea. Um, okay, four and a half. So odds are, you know, the total is only forty and a half, so it's kind of a low total. But the odds are good the Packers are going to have a lead at some point in the game, and probably through the second half, if the you know not maybe not a big lead. Yeah. But um, if they're playing comeback ball, Trubisky, who's going to be throwing a lot, is going to be throwing it to Tariq Cohen. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. I duly noted. I hope he throws it to Allen Robinson instead, but we'll see what happens there. You both, buddy. Hey, we got Garrett Lerner coming on to talk about his second place FFPC main event team right around the corner. Let's get to one more question from the chat room. Uh, RMW4671. Uh, it is Duke Johnson, who is at the Titans, or Boston Scott, who is at the Redskins, Dave. Which one of those pass-catching running backs would you rather play as an RB2 or flex uh, here uh, between those guys, you know, I'm just uh, I had to pull up the projections for Boston Scott. To, okay. You know, so I'm, I looked at football guys. I have to admit that one. Uh, and he, they they well, have. Duke, you, that's, you, that's that's one of our favorite. Well, that's, yeah. that's fine. But I'm just saying. Normally, I don't know. Don't, don't normally look this stuff up before. Right. Um, they have Duke Johnson by maybe one point more over Boston Scott, which is actually credit to Scott. Um, he looked great last week. Yeah, he's a super. You know, he's a, a Sproles ripoff. You know, he's a talented guy. Um, so I, if you start Scott, if that's your gut feeling, go for it. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, if, if you have an inkling either way, I would I would go that way. If if you really don't know, I would I would play uh, Duke Johnson. Uh, personally, I mean, John, Johnson's certainly the safer play because he has more of it. He has much longer track record and history in the NFL. So, the uh, for what it's worth, the total on that game, the Houston Tennessee game, fifty one and a half. The total on that uh, Philadelphia game is uh, 39. Wow, only 39. That might well, be the lowest that, total I've seen all season. So maybe, but, you know, I know maybe Duke Johnson is the play then. If you have that many points being scored, yeah. probably being scored. 39, holy cow. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess the Eagles are so good at the rush, at rush defense and their secondary is so terrible, they just don't, they, they think Haskins won't be able to pick them apart. I, I, I don't, 39. What is this, college or high school football? That makes no sense. Uh, I'll tell you who does make sense. Our guest that I'm going to bring in right now, ladies and gentlemen. He first watched his father play fantasy football back in the late 70s, helped calculate scores on Monday mornings with a newspaper and a pencil, and joined his first local league in 2002. Dave, he won back-to-back titles there. That's when he decided to go to Vegas, start competing against real competition. Uh, Moved up to the FFBC Big Payback in 2014. Played uh, for five years in that league against uh, some of the famous guests of the show um, and, and FFPC players, Chad Schroeder, David Hubbard, etc. Finished in the top three in three of the five years, uh, to taking second in 2016, third in both 2014 and 2017. In the main event this year, he swept first place and most points, took the lead title, 14th overall in the regular season, and he is currently sitting in second overall in the uh, championship round. He's also alive in the championship round of the Scott Fishbowl, of which yours truly is still alive in there I mean, as well. You know, just, you know what? No, listen, listen. There's you're you're, you're we're, up this fishbowl <laughs> amongst these high stakes accomplishments. Um, well, spe- okay. So uh, to that point, he is the defending champ in a, an experts keeper league that he put together with Christopher Harris, uh, Harris Football, JJ Zacharyson, uh, Roto Pat, Brandon Funston. Uh, makes him happy, and it's it, uh, that he's uh, done so well in that league. It makes us happy that we can welcome this guy in on the show tonight, the second-place team in the FFPC main event, Garrett Lerner. Welcome to the show. Thanks for hopping aboard tonight, man. Really appreciate you coming here. Hey, what an intro. Where'd you get all that stuff? 
<laughs> a little, no, I'm Jerry, we have to end the interview now. There's no time left. <laughs> a little birdie told me. It was it's good stuff. Nice. Um yeah, dude, I didn't nice. realize not not to bring up the Scott Fishbowl again. I didn't realize you were doing so good in that. I mean, why wouldn't we bring up the Scott Fishbowl? That's like the greatest event going in fantasy football right now. <laughs> That's true. I think you win. What do you What do you win if you win the whole thing? Like, there, there's different like there, cards. No, 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 no. There's different prizes if you like Radio win. Shack. Now, if you like win your conference, you get subscriptions for different websites and uh, you know. I, was, I think there is a cash award first place overall. Is there? I think mostly so. Yeah. Seventy eight Mostly, you win the knowledge that you're helping people because they take donations. Exactly. And Scott Fish does a does a great service, and we should applaud it. We that, do. You know what? We you're absolutely right. do. You're right. I, very, he is very altruistic, and I, I think that everyone that do, donates is great. Balky and I donated, you know, five thousand bucks each. Wait, exactly. Yeah. Um, the, I, I will say this: uh, for as much as Dave makes fun of the Scott Fishbowl in real life, he is a huge Scott Fish fan. Like you talked to him at the conference. Like, yeah, he's met him at a trade show. He's yeah. a super cool guy. Yeah. I love, love Scott Fish. He's yeah. great. Um, Garrett, let's bring it back yeah. to you. Uh, when you're not playing fantasy football, tell us what you're doing for a living, man. I am a writer. I write for uh, TV and movies. That's awesome. Yeah, this is good stuff. So is there anything that you want to plug or brag about? <laughs> um, I can brag about my time writing for the show House. Uh, that was oh. a good run. Oh, that's a great show. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Wow. Um, most of the stuff I've been working on lately is is yet to catch. So we've got a show for Apple coming out in April. Got another show for Netflix coming out in 2021. There's kind of a slow turnaround time these days. But uh, stay tuned for Home Before Dark and uh, Jigsaw. Oh. So, Garrett, I mean, I have, this is more of an entertainment question. For, for a writer like yourself or for any of the talent, it's this whole streaming thing, this big, huge streaming competition between – you know, content creators yeah. like Disney Plus and then Apple. It's got to it's got to be kind of you know Netflix as well. Got to be kind of nice for writers like yourself because there's so many good good new shows with so many different avenues coming out. Do, do you do you agree with that or is that kind of your take on it? Yeah, definitely. There it, it creates a lot more opportunity. There is a lot more shows, and as they say, we're in peak television. Um, when I started doing this, TV was kind of. Uh, a little bit of this considered the slums out here compared, you know, everybody wanted to be in movies, not in television. And now it's kind of exactly re- reversed. Um, great stuff is going on in TV. All the former movie talent is coming over to TV. And uh, the only downside I see with it is that um, the turnaround time, like I said, the stuff I'm working on now won't be seen for two years when I was doing Network television, I could tell you, hey, I'm writing this thing. It's going to be on, you know, next week. And th- there was yeah, no a, kidding. There was a satisfaction in that. Yeah, I suppose that's uh, that's very true. Just so you know, the fantasy season, 16 weeks long, versus you know daily DFS. You yeah. know, it's uh, it's you know nine, ten hours. That's you, true. You know how bad your team is. Yeah, no, I in a 16 week season it, it takes you 10 weeks to figure out how crazy Well, no, I was just, I was just going to say like I, in the first 9 or 10 hours of a season long uh, competition, I usually figure out how bad my teams are. First 9 or 10 hours, that's all it takes. So actually, um Gary, let me ask you this. Speaking of knowing how good or bad yeah. your team was, the reason you drafted this team live, you, we always uh, by the way, you're always very friendly. We always I always see you in Ve- uh, Vegas, you say hi, we shake hands and uh, you know, say hello. 
So uh, you drafted this team live. Your cousin Andrew found out he couldn't make it, so you were like the fill-in guy. How much notice did yeah. you get to prep this? To, to, to prep for this? I guess you were already ready to draft. And how much did you consult Andrew, or did you just say, look, if I'm drafting, I'm drafting whoever the heck I want? It was a, it was that. It was the latter. It's true. I'm, I'm always ready to draft. I spend um, ridiculous amounts of hours prepping uh, in the summer and early fall. And um, I've, I, got, I kind of became a little bit of a fantasy obsessive, be, partly because of my writing career. Um, it's the kind of thing that you don't get to go home at night and turn your brain off. And the stories you're telling are going to just bounce through your brain at 10 at midnight at two in the morning. And I delve into researching fantasy and it shuts it off. And I get into that instead. So every year I make this like ridiculous team by team document that ends up being about 200 pages. I don't publish it. I don't share it with anybody. That's for me. That's my research. So what? I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. If I, if I was a little what? bit more business minded, I might be trying to, to sell something like this, but I, I just keep it. I just look for my edge. That's how I try to compete with these guys that, you know, play, play in the high stakes. Yeah. Well, it's, it's worked out for so, you so far. So Andrew your, your trusted track me record to answer in. your question. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, exactly. Answer your question. No, 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 that's me. all right. He was just like, go do it, do it, take it. So if you if you win the if you know well we'll see who's going to win the five hundred thousand I'm sure that's a question later but if you actually win the whole thing you know you next next year you write that sucker up you throw it on Amazon in you know June and you say oh the you know 2019 main event champ whatever you know whatever you want to call your product and and sell it let's go what do you think I, there's something to that <laughs> I'm a little <laughs> bit busy doing what I do but uh, you know yeah. I might have to take advantage of something like that. Balky promises to write the foreword of it. No, listen, you can find somebody better in Southern California to write a foreword uh, than, than me, clearly. <laughs> so I, I will offer my services, but you, you how don't about want a, how about a How about a blurb on the back, though? Oh, I, I would have yeah, like, a testimonial? Yeah. Gary, Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Sure. As, I am, yeah. I'm going to piss me off, Chad Schrader. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. By the way, I don't yeah. think I can find no, anybody that's good. with a better mustache out here. <laughs> that that might be true. That's that might true. be the village, true. Once the village people left town, yeah, then yeah, there's no competition with me. Uh, clearly, we're talking with Garrett Lerner, the second place team in the FFPC main event here on the HSFF Hour tonight. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Devonte Parker. He just signed the four-year, forty million dollar extension with Miami uh, today, and he's one of the flex options that your squad has benefited from uh, having this year. Do you think that he's going to continue this level of play next year as well, Garrett? I mean, are we finally seeing what? The, the Dolphins hope Parker would be immediately when they drafted him? I'm a skeptic. I, I obviously like what he's giving me right now, but I sort of believe more in the first four and a half years of what I've seen from the guy than what's happened in the last eight weeks. Really less. He wasn't really doing much while Preston Williams was there, so – it's kind of been opportunity forced on him after Preston Williams went down. I did actually a little research to prepare for this call. So before Preston Williams went down, he was averaging 12.9 fantasy points a game. That went up to 20.6 after Preston Williams went down. Wow. Six most targets in the league. So I think this is just a usage surge. I think next year um, – 
Preston will be back. Who knows if he's going to have a rookie quarterback? Is it going to be Tua? Is Tua going to be hurt? You know, Fitzmagic just force feeds the guy, and I just don't expect that to continue. So I think he'll probably be overvalued is my guess. And, uh, you know, this is a guy we got off the waiver wire this year for our team. If he's jumping up into the fifth, sixth round, that's not that's not something I'm going to go after. So, 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 Garrett, you know, you you're just a you're just a layman. You you are able to quickly identify that Preston Williams is part of the reason for the big usage and productivity jump for Devontae Parker. Why weren't the Dolphins able to ascertain that? That's my question. <laughs> That's good, Dave. They that just signed good. him to an extension. Yeah. yeah. Well, how come you could figure this out? Right. Exactly. Uh, it, it's one of those things too, where it's like. You know, dialing back from a fantasy standpoint, Dave, if you own them in Dynasty, maybe now's the time you, you know. Ship them. Yeah, ship them, exactly, and, and see what you can get Shell. for them. Hard um, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's I what really, I'm talking I really about. loved how, I mean, Preston Williams was fantastic. We yeah, he were touting him. I mean, he looked He looked great. very good. He looked very good. Uh, hey, question from the chat coming in from uh, Wasp Guy again. He wants to know Debo Samuel or Darius Slayton this week, guys. Uh, Debo Samuel is taking on the Atlanta Falcons, I believe, if, if I remember. Yeah, they got, he's got Atlanta at home. And then uh, Darius Slayton is uh, going to be catching balls from Eli Manning at home against the Dolphins. you guys have a preference this week between Samuel and Slayton? Garrett, I'll, I'll throw it to you first. Which guy would you rather start? It's a close call. I'd go Debo. I think Debo is just a little bit safer. Um, Slayton I really love, and I think he's got a great picture but he just caught a couple long ones last week. Eli was slinging it to him. And he, uh, Debo's, I think, going to get a safer bet to get more targets, a safer bet to get more yards after catch. He's just a, he's just, um, a little bit more this time of year. That's kind of what I look for. I guess also depending on what's going on with your team, if you're a little lower on the leaderboard, maybe you take the shot and go, go side with Slayton if you're in a head-to-head kind of playoff situation I'd go play it safe safer I think I'm, I'm, I'm Samuel all the way on this Dave do you have a feeling yeah I'd go with Debo I like Garoppolo better than Eli and I think Debo's the he's got more of a he's a more pedigreed player so I think I'd go that same direction but you know not by a lot. Slayton's been playing well, and Eli's not totally dead yet I like this wide receiver conversation let's keep it on uh, going with that Dave yeah, how about we talk about better wide receivers? Um, your biggest concern, I guess the question is, what was your biggest concern during the draft after you had sunk high-round picks in DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, and Amari Cooper? Maybe running back. Or tight end. <laughs> or tight end. <laughs> I, I had actually I had zero concerns after picking those three guys. It was the rare case. I think usually when I come to Vegas, especially because I, I do the big payback league, uh, when it comes around to your pick, it's almost always disappointment. It's almost always like uh, the people I really want to just don't quite make it to me. And for me to have DeAndre fall to the 108, DeAndre Hopkins, I felt should not have been there. And then to have Michael Thomas come around the backside, I was like jumping for joy. And same in the third round with Amari. So I, I, I've done zero RB. I don't go in with a zero RB strategy, but I've done it before. I felt like you grab these three guys, you start them all year, and, you know, 
barring injury, which luckily that has been a huge reason this team has been successful is like we've avoided that injury bug and now I've said it out loud. I'm sure I'm going to die on Sunday, <laughs> but um, <laughs> the, we, yep. got, we got, we got super lucky and, and RBs that we liked uh, fell right to us, you know, Aaron Jones in the, in the late fourth round and Philip Lindsay in the middle six can, can ask for more. So, yeah. The cousins that were with me were really nervous after those first three picks, but then after the sixth round when we went RB, 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 everybody breathed a sigh of relief and, and felt really good about where we stood. Uh, talking with Garrett Lerner, the second-place team in the FFPC main event uh, here this week, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak on the HSFFR. Garrett, in analyzing the 49ers backfield going forward, should anybody who's in the either the, the football guys players championship championship round or like yourself in the main event championship round, should they feel good about starting Raheem Mostert as their second running back this weekend, given what we saw for him not only last week, but the flashes he's given us all season? I love this guy. I love him because he pops on the screen when I watch him run. And I love him because I get to call him Radio Raheem and do the right thing. He's my favorite movie. <laughs> So, um, you know, in studying him, I kind of made it look, if if you're a fan of Do the Right Thing, you know the big speech, love and hate, the radio Raheem gives. I made a little love-hate list. I love his elite speed and burst. I hate that the first three seasons in the NFL, he only had seven carries combined. I love, in 2018, he crushed it, impressed Shanahan with his 34 carries by averaging 7.7 yards a carry. I hate that he's small. He's only 186 pounds, so he won't get a full workload. We know that. I love that he's now over 100 carries this year. He's still averaging six-point yards per carry, which is number one in the NFL. He's number two in yards per touch, number one in breakaway run weight. Love, 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 love that he turned uh, 20 fantasy points per game over the last three. His coach just said he deserves more work. Left hand hate KO'd by love. I love it. This is good stuff. Getting a little uh, do the right thing on the show tonight. Who thought we were going to get into that? But that's good. But but bring it back to Mostert. Do the there, right thing. Yes. There's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff to love uh, as you just pointed out uh, this week. And and I feel really good about starting him as my second running back. Uh, I feel great about him as a flex this week. Dave, do you like Mostert as as a second running back this week? Yeah, I own him nowhere, but I would love to have him. Yeah. At at like... home against Atlanta. And he has really taken control uh, over that uh, that backfield in in, in San Francisco, uh, no question. He was a guy that I actually added really early in the season on a lot of my teams, and then I I ended up I tried to hang on to him as long as I could, and I ended up dropping him in a few leagues. I still have him going in a couple. Uh, I just wish they were more meaningful leagues, Dave. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, that's the truth. Um, Speaking of meaningful leagues, yes. If you drafted T.Y. Hilton early, odds are good that you're not playing any meaningful uh, <laughs> good games one. right now. But if he does come back this weekend and somehow you've managed to stay alive, maybe you have Cole Beasley going or something. While or, or you picked up McLaurin or uh, D.J. Chark off the waiver wire that, that helped you through the season. That's possibly true. Uh, would, you actually, would you actually look at starting T.Y. Hilton if, he, uh, if he's going to play? If it is me, I, I would hope that I don't have to start him. Uh, the blurb I read from one of his coaches, he's a strong candidate for limited snaps this injury. Um, 
when he's played without Andrew Luck, he doesn't have the same kind of wide receiver one numbers. The guy that we got to know with Andrew Luck, it's just a different thing. And for me, he's X spot, but I just, I just would hope that I don't have to take that risk personally. Um, there are going to be guys with safer floors who are healthier, who are going to be on the field. And would probably only start him again if I was a little bit lower down the board and I wanted to just take the risk on a guy who just maybe it works out. Maybe he gets fed. Maybe he gets some TDs. If he's on the field, he's going to get targets. But is he going to be on the field, you know? So, right. Yeah. No, that's. Not not a not a huge I'm not a huge risk taker at playoff time so I hope not to. Luckily I don't have. So, to you know that in that exactly and that and that that's I think that's that's the the all encompassing thing we want to look at here is is not owning T Y Hilton the guy that I think I drafted once in the last five years and it just happened to be this year in one of my leagues. Needless to say that one was a dog with fleas. Uh, moving on Garrett the this kind of leads into my next question when you're setting your lineups for the championship round. Do you look at it any differently than you would if you were just starting, you know, submitting your week five lineup, your week nine lineup, anything like that? Is there more of a nuance to it when, when it comes to be this late in the year? I look at it with a lot more anxiety. I look at it with a lot more stress and a lot more butterflies in my stomach sitting where I'm sitting. Uh, the decision is special as they are at this point. Um, I definitely get more conservative I uh, toward the end of the year with the stakes being what they are. And I think if game theory comes into it finally, which it doesn't for me all season, but when you're in this pool of 450 or however many people are in the championship round, you have to assess where am I versus all these people. A lot of us have a lot of the same players. You know, one of the reasons my team is – been as successful as it has is Lamar Jackson, but I'm sure there's 50, 100 other teams that all have Lamar Jackson. So I guess you have to assess a certain amount of game theory. It's more of a DFS mentality, like what percentage of people are going to start this player. If I'm lower down the, the totem pole going into a certain week, then my risk aversion goes way up and I'll, and I'll roll the dice on some guys because I need to do something different to make a headway. But if I'm doing really well, as I am this year, I'm just going to not get cute. Yeah, I, I fear getting too cute. Uh, so, Garrett, uh, clearly you, you showed up for the interview tonight, so you started Lamar Jackson last night, I assume, right? <laughs> yes, I did. Good move, good move. He was questionable, so I mean, I'm, there's, maybe some people did bench him, but do you want to run through just quickly the rest of your lineup and just tell us who your starters are so far? I mean, if you, I don't know if you have any big decisions or not, but I mean, I think the listeners would be curious to hear uh, what a second-place overall team uh, looks like right now. Well, I've been very lucky. The, the starters are like the guys I mentioned earlier, the uh, the first, the running back. Yeah, Michael Thomas. Aaron Jones and Philip. Philip Lindsay, the wide yep. receivers are DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, who, you know, we yep. had to make some decisions on for a couple of the weeks that he was a little bit gimpy, but we're feeling pretty good at this point. And so 
the only decision I really have to make, and it's funny to talk about, but at this point it actually matters is kicker and and um, and that last flex spot and Devonte Parker if he's healthy and cleared from the concussion protocol we're going to go with him and if he's not cleared we've got Will Fuller on deck who's coming off an injury so we don't really love that we've got um, Naheem Hines we've got Jamal Williams we've got like just sort of a mix of guys that we're not gigantically excited about if neither Will Fuller nor Devontae Parker look like they're going to be healthy but so we're hoping to go one of those two directions but basically it all comes down to Youngway Koo and Zane Gonzalez that's the big decision yeah, sorry for the last year for a bit because Balky's stupid ass has his cell phone plugged into the same plug as something else. So he's ruining the show for We're us. good. We're all set. Who's, all your good. Tight, who's your tight end? I didn't hear did, the tight end. I'm sorry. Did we, did we miss out? We have uh, – No, I'm, I, I heard most of it. Been, who's the tight end? We've got Noah Fant, and he turned in a great game oh, last okay. week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've, we've been struggling a little bit at that position all year. Uh, at the draft, we went for Njoku and kind of just let it sit after that. So it's been a little bit of a scramble at the tight end position, and that's kind of something I tend to do. I almost never go big at tight end, try and make it work. So we've been sort of juggling Noah Fant, Dawson Knox, and now at this point David Njoku is back from IR, and he's going against – the gift that keeps on giving to tight ends, the Arizona Cardinals. So <laughs> that that's a little bit of a decision we have to make. The uh, the Fant versus Njoku, or again, if Devontae Parker and Will Fuller don't look healthy, Njoku might get that last flex spot. Well, we're not going to tell you who to start because then it might be wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, we're going to. But, but best of luck with that. Stay far away from that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is well, that is a strong team, obviously. Super very, strong. very strong Fantastic. team. Absolutely. Um, well, this is my biggest okay, so piece of advice to all fantasy players: is don't let anyone tell you who to start. Don't like shift blame elsewhere. You got to do your own research. You got to do your own work, and then you got to feel good about it. Good, uh, good words of advice there too. It is your fantasy team. You make the decisions. Take, take input from others if you want, if you must. But ultimately, it is you making the decision on don't, this. Don't let co-hosts talk you into starting Sam Darnold over Tom Brady, which cost you a playoff spot and then a first-round pick that you traded away. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, and also when, when a, a, a co-host is telling you, hey, Balky, no, seriously, this is a good trade for both of us in Dynasty. Don't listen to that either because you will get screwed over time <laughs> and time again. Uh, move, moving on, uh, Garrett. Uh, Josh Jacobs, it sounds like he's going to give it a go Sunday afternoon. Um, can you, I mean, and this is sort of an unfair question, I guess, at, at this point, given that we know that Jacobs would be out there, would you consider starting both Jacobs and Washington? I guess in the championship round, you really can't afford to make that play. And if you own Jacobs and Washington, you really have to go for broke and just start with Jacobs, right? Yeah, there's no way, um, with Jacobs looking almost certain to go at this point, DeAndre Washington shouldn't be anywhere near anybody's rosters. Uh, the guy... I think he averages like six or seven touches 
per game, he, and, and, and not many through the air. So you're not even going to get those PPR points. So with Jacobs giving it a go, and it's not – he's not coming back from a calf or a groin or a knee. He's, it's a shoulder. He's going to play through it. He's going to be on the field. I, I just don't think Washington even has a 8- to 10-point floor. You can't start somebody who might get you three or four points. I kind of a- – Agree with you. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm. Listen, it's, you're going for a half million bucks. It's starting both Raiders running backs is not a winning. That's situation. definitely not going to win yeah. you the. No, not going to win you the. No, the absolutely not. Um, but we could ask Garrett about a couple of lineup decisions this week that might end up winning. Oh, it's so two hundred fifty thousand dollars or a half million bucks. Yeah. So uh, give some advice to some of the other losers behind you in the championship <laughs> round. That uh, a lot of players will be starting, but you, Garrett, who's in second place would actually bench, as well as a sleeper that they might not be smart enough to start, but you would be starting on your team. So I did the, uh, I did the sleepers. I didn't really do the other because I feel like I'm much more in the, uh, as I said earlier, the don't get cute and the uh, start your studs camp. So I'm not going to be out here recommending anybody bench you know, somebody that they've been starting with any regularity. Uh, but I did, if you have time for a quick aside, I'll tell you when I came up in my, in my second year in fantasy football it. in 2005. Uh, Please go ahead. In, in the championship week, uh, I, the Vikings lost Michael Bennett to injury, and I went all in in the championship round on theatric phase on who was a little bit guys. dear to my heart. Cause, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Florida Gator, so Faison was a little bit dear to my heart. I watched him run for four years for my Gators, 1,000 yards. I mean, the guy had moves he had. I, I thought this was going to be his breakout in his rookie year. I think he got two carries for a yard, and Moel De Moore came out of nowhere. And Moel De Moore emerges and, and runs away with the thing and becomes a feature back in that game. So – I got a little cute. I cost myself a championship. I did it again like three years later for uh, putting Dan Orlovsky in, in, in the championship rounds, which <laughs> I partly did because it was, it was a league I put together when I worked on house. It was all the producers on house, and I kind of kept winning the championship, and I felt a little bad about it. So I got <laughs> deliberately cute. Yes, we're tanking. I uh, – I renamed my team the Fighting Orlovskis and put Dan Orlovsky in it and, uh, just to see if I could win that way and, and graciously bowed out in the championship game. <laughs> and, um, that said, uh, let me get to the sleepers. I heard you guys when I was on the hold talking about Boston Scott. I think that's, that's a uh, he he was obviously big on waiver wires this week, but you know if you're in the championship round, you couldn't use the waiver wire this week. But I, I, what I watched as a, you know in some spots, a, a Miles Sanders owner in a lot of my dynasty leagues, and I just cried as I watched how good Boston Scott looked and how blind Miles Sanders looked. <laughs> so I think. Boston Scott is a really good sleeper this week. If you somehow manage to get him on your team uh, going into the championship round, there's a, a couple sneaky plays I see. Um, this is more 
for the future, I guess. Um, Alexander Madison is out. Dalvin Cook's always vulnerable to injury. There's a guy I really like behind them named Mike Boone. Now, he's I not a guy. I picked him up this week in three league. leagues. <laughs> did you really? I did. He's, I picked uh, him up in three dynasty leagues this good. week. He's legit. I, I, I really love that guy. He's an excellent athlete out of Cincinnati. I've watched him, like, blow up in the preseason a couple times. If he if Dalvin ends up getting hurt, this is a week 16 guy that's going to win championships, and that kind of happens every year. You know, who knew, like, last year C.J. Anderson was going to come off the street? Um, Damian Williams was going to, like, emerge out of nowhere and blow up and, and win leagues for people. Um, Mike Boone could be that kind of guy. Uh, another surprising one, switching over to the wide receiver position, John Ross is coming back. John Ross is a guy we made fun of because he was a high first-round pick. He did nothing for two years. And then the first two weeks of this year, he led the NFL in yards and touchdowns. And then he got hurt. Well, he's coming back this week, and Auden Tate is out. So there's a sleeper that could really, really blow up that nobody's going to have starting. Um, That's the kind of thing that if you're down near the lower end of the championship board, that's the kind of cute I would get and take a chance on a guy like that. Some some could happen there. And uh, moving over – tight end position I, I threw a couple together um he's not really a sleeper that much at this point anymore but my local team la rams once gerald ever went down higby's been going a little bit nuts uh his two lone starts the last two weeks he put up 27 and 22 fantasy points it wasn't fluky he was averaging almost 10 targets a game uh and gerald everett is out again this week so Higby's legit. I think he's like a a tight end one, maybe even a high end tight end one this week. Uh, same goes out in Carolina. Greg Olson's out again, and Ian Thomas started for him last week. Got nineteen point two fantasy points. Same went down last year. The last month of the season, Ian Thomas averaged over fifteen fantasy points for the last four games while Olson was out. I think the guy's a great athlete. He's going to replace Olsen next year. Olsen being down, that's another guy who goes to the top of the tight end one. Not the top, but, you know, the middle top four, five, six area of the tight ends for me. Um, And then we talked about him a little bit earlier, but Njoku playing against the Cardinals. He hasn't done anything all year. He's been hurt. He came back. He hasn't really gotten looks. But that Arizona defense, man, they just—they're just like letting the tight ends run up the middle. The seam is uncovered, and Njoku is a, a bad man. I could see him going off this weekend as well. Cardinals defense letting tight ends run rampant, just in the same way Garrett Lerner is running rampant so far in the FFPC main event championship round, all the way up to second place. Dude, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. Brought a lot of insight, a lot of stuff for us to chew on, to think about as we set our lineups uh, with just two weeks left in the uh, in the season. I hope the ball bounces your way this weekend. I, I, I hope you end up uh, cashing that half million bucks. What a story it would be. Thank you again for coming on, Garrett. And Dave has one more thing 
that he would like to say to you as he spits out his pistachio nutshell. I'm sorry, I forgot to ask. So, <laughs> so who's going to win the money, by the way? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what happens if you win oh. the half million bucks between you and your cousin here? My cousin Andrew uh, did the buy-in, so I have told him it is his money to decide what to do with. And um, oh, wow. he, he in turn said, uh, of course, we're sharing it. So we, oh, there you go. You so know, 50, whatever 50? share, I think, whatever share, well, there's, there's four of us total that get together the, the, every year is the cousin's reunion. And um, so three of the four of us were there this year. It was the first year Andrew missed. So I don't know how he feels, about including them all. I would I would do a four way split, but it's, I'm I'm saying that uh, I'm saying it's not up to me, but I'm also saying that like whatever share I get, I I can load back up my FFPC account because that's what my life my my wife lets me play on my winnings, and uh, if I could just like stash it all in there, I'll just come be playing with you guys forever. Oh, oh, I like that. I right, love that idea. That's, that's perfect. That's the best thing I've heard all night. <laughs> this, is, this is great there stuff. Hey, don't just leave, leave that cash in your account. You don't need to. Yeah. Uh, your cousin, he can create his own account yeah, too. Perfect. And let you draft the teams continuously. We are all on board with, with this line of thinking. <laughs> Garrett, you're the man. We follow, see you next year. We follow you on Twitter at Garrett Lerner. We will see you in Vegas, of course, again next year. Thanks again, dude, and enjoy your weekend. Enjoy week 15. I loved it. This was like a make-a-wish for me, guys, so I really appreciate it, and I'll, I'll see you in Vegas next year. You got Sounds it, good. dude. Thanks again. Garrett Lerner, ladies and gentlemen, second place in the FFPC main event. Heading into week 15, what a guy, what a writer. I uh, should have asked him if he had any good uh, – well, you know, he's, I, I love that show, House. He, he's a writer for House. I don't know how much interaction he had with the stars. You know, he, he – um, <laughs> Of course, you're such a star blanker. I am. I totally am. And he, uh, you know, he was in that fantasy league with all the producers of House, and and I like the idea of him just tanking the league and starting Orlovsky, and like, ah, hey, congratulations, you know, uh, on on beating me in the championship. Hey, that said, House is going off the air. Let me know if you're working on any future projects, and and uh, if you're looking for a writer, you know, yeah. I'd love to. Uh, here's a hundred pages. I just had it. Yeah, here's know. here's a treatment for a show. Oh, that's the other thing I was going to ask him. Is he said. Uh, look out for Jigsaw, and I can't remember if that was the one. I think that's the one for Netflix that comes out in 2021. I wonder if that's a takeoff of the Saw uh, movie I series. I hope not. No, you don't. You don't care for those. No, I, no, act- I don't. I don't like people getting freaking tortured. You know, the thing is, Sorry. I, I watched it the first time, be, be, and and here's the thing, and you know, my, me and Wikiing movies. Um, I watched it the first the first movie, and I think I watched the second one because I had a crush on one of the actresses. Oh, in that only one. you would wiki would wiki horror movies, right? Well, I don't like horror movies at all, but I did. Me either. But I liked the first one because there's a big twist at the end, obviously. And then if you look at all the Saw movies, there always was a big twist at the end of, right. of each one. So I'm like, why am I mostly, put- mostly twist your foot off? Or well, no, 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 no. Come on. Um, but, but so I look at it and, and I'm like, why am I putting myself through the, the watching horror just to find out what happens at the end? So that's, I just started wiki and saw stuff. That's actually the best reason you've right. ever given for all your wiki. Cause I just want to know what happens at the end. My mother, Falky, by the way, listeners, yeah. Falky wiki. Here, here we go. Falky wiki fight club. I mean, fight club. I mean, what an idiot. This guy wiki's a movie with the, you know, the awesome ending. I'm to, not going to spoil it. To be I mean, fair. Good God. Did you did you wiki the usual suspects? No, that one or I the, actually watched. Did you, the Sixth Sense? 
Uh, Six Sense. I, I never. I didn't. I saw it. Not like, saying it's great. I'm just saying. No, it was no, no. Weird I'm. Thing. I saw it like 15 years after. So obviously, I knew the twist at right, the end. Right, right, right. Uh, Usual Suspects was. Um, I, I watched that, so I didn't. You that was know, great. Yeah, I kind of figured it out when he dropped the coffee mug. Yeah. Well, I, Kobayashi. Yeah. Nah, I don't want to ruin it for anybody <laughs> who hasn't seen it. But um, with Fight Club, to be fair, I did give it a chance. I got it like 20, 25 minutes in. And I probably was watching it too late at night, and I was tired, and I was just—I had the mentality like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna like this." And then I just wikied it. But that right, last—that that final scene was pretty cool. <laughs> you mean on the on the on the computer website? No, 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 because I read. So I read it, and I'm like, "Oh my god, are you serious?" So and then, you that and then I watched it, and I'm like, "Oh, this is great." So I have to watch <laughs> this movie sometime. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, exactly. You know, something. you think I'm bad. You think I'm bad. Liar says I never seen Fight Club. Well, there you go. We, uh, we, at least we didn't ruin it for him. Your grammar's um, as good as Jay-Z's raps. You think I'm bad. My but mother, I can't remember if I've said this on these airways. She these things, too. She will not read a book. She will not watch a movie. What does she do with her I'm, spare no, time? No, no, no. She'll do both those things, but she has to know how it ends first. <laughs> she will go to the library and pick out books, right? And she will read the last chapter first. And if she doesn't like the ending, she won't, she won't read the, the whole book. Wow. So, I, so now I have to, like, you know, she loves true crime. True crime's her favorite. Yeah. So, so if I'm if I'm like reading some sort of thriller or or true crime or watching a movie, I will tell her I'm like, hey, I watched this. You'll like the ending. Start it from the start and watch it all the way through. And she knows she'll be rewarded at wow. the end. I'm not that bad. Can I give you a quick, real quick story? I've never. I don't think I've yes. ever told you this one. Uh, so I, you know, I was born in '71. So Star Wars came out. Empire Strikes Back came out. And then Return of the Jedi was coming out. Right. So I, you know, I saw the first two movies. And Return of the Jedi, the book, came out before the movie did. And I wanted to know what would happen. So I went to, I walked. Yeah. I don't even know how old I was, 12, right. whatever, 13. You know, at that time, no one cares. I walked to Walden Books to the, to the mall. Oh, it was like 20, totally 20, forgot 20, about 20, Walden 20, Books. 20, 30 minutes. This was not in Appleton. This was in Greendale. No, but I uh, forgot, I forgot yeah. the chain. It, I walked yeah. there, yeah. And I bought, I Spent my hard-earned money buying the paperback of Return <laughs> right. of the Jedi, and I it was read, already out in paperback. It was out, at, yeah. Well, I, it, I didn't, yeah. That back then, I don't even know if it mattered back then because there, I, it wasn't like now where there was a release. Wait, I know for sure it wasn't wait, a hardcover because I could, God knows, I couldn't have afforded. Wait, wait, here's the thing. Now I used to work work at books, Dave. <laughs> the hardcover would always get released, and then they let that marinate yeah, yeah, for a while, yeah, and then right. like eight nine months I know later, how it works. Then, yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. But you're saying the book came out first. So not only did the book come out first, you had the paperback copy before the movie came out. That is correct. Wow. I, I'm not lying. I believe so, you. I'm so just I'm walking back home from Walden Books. I'm read, I, I read like the, you know, most of the books. So I figured out what, you know, I found out what happened at the end before the movie came out. So that was actually really interesting as a youngster to, yeah. to know before the movie came out. Yeah. So. Um, well, you know, I, I talk about now that I want to turn into this whole TV thing, but um, I got into The Walking Dead starting season two. They're in season ten now. Oh, I can make a drink now. And yeah, but um, <laughs> but I I was like super. I got to know it because I knew it was based off the graphic novel. And so then I started going and checking out what happened in the comic book. But I think a lot of people started doing that. So now Walking Dead. Well, not now. The like the last six or seven years, they they tweak it a little bit, which which yeah, alters the story. Away from it, right? They they they'll like do something that's in the comics, but they'll do it to a different person. Right. And and then they'll have a a person who's in the comics who behaves a certain way, um, and you're okay, whatever. And then all of a sudden that person is that this person in the TV show, and they do, and then they do other stuff that has nothing to do with the comics too, which I appreciate because I think a lot of people were like, because when you read Return of the Jedi, were you just sold on like, oh, this is exactly what happens in the movie? 
I didn't, I didn't really care because I was like, you know, you I, I, couldn't, to... I couldn't believe that that Darth Vader was, you know, oh, yeah, was yeah, his yeah, father, yeah. of course. Sorry if I ruined it. Uh, if you haven't seen them, you know, kill yourself. Well, Vader. If you're is, listening, if you're listening to this podcast, and you haven't seen Return of the as, Jedi. As they pointed out in Pitch Perfect, yes. Vader is German for father. Right. He's literally Darth Father. I get it. All right. But 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 whatever. Yeah. You know. By the way, so at the Watcho office, three or four people are now watching the marvelous Mrs. Maybor. Yeah, I am not. I'm. I'm. You're the holdout. I'm not. I don't have time. I don't have time. You're an an, are you an anti-Semite? It's Jewish family. It has nothing to do with that. I just I don't have time to. I have shows. But you're, writing, my, but you're writing off. You, you just told me before the show that Silicon Valley now has ended. So now you have room for. A new I know, show. and I'm looking forward to the time off. <laughs> that that I don't have. You don't have, to, have room for a new show. I, I don't have no. I've, well, it's here's, an hour-long show. Okay, here's how pathetic I am. <laughs> There's a second spinoff of of Walking Dead coming out that I will be adding. Are you serious? Yeah, that I will be adding in. It's called the Farting Dead. No, I uh, the World Beyond. I think it's what it's called. It's basically centers. Do they, do they heal? Does, no, 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 no. Does it get solved? Well, here's what it is. It's it centers around the generation of kids that never that that were born into the world that never knew what the world was like before. And I don't know where it's set. But it's a younger generation, and there's obviously France. other stuff going on. I, I don't know. I don't know With where subtitles. it's set. I have no idea. Yeah, um, that would actually be interesting, by the way. Okay, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> they, it was, it's going to be set in a different part of the world, they said. I just don't know where yet. Uh, we got to get back to fantasy. This is such a huge diatribe. Yeah. Um, we're going to pound through some starter sits here, Dave. Kevin in Vandalia, Michigan. Would you guys roll with Dallas Goddard over Jared Cook this week in the FPC? Appreciate it. Um, Who? Dallas Goddard or uh, Jared Cook? Uh, Goddard Cook is, is, is he still questionable? Though? He, uh, I'll look it up in a second. Dallas Goddard is at Washington. Jared Cook is playing for the Saints, and he is on my list somewhere. He is at home against the Colts on Monday Night Football, so he will have an extra day to get ready from that concussion. Um yeah, dude. Yeah, I, I don't think you can play Cook. I think I'm you got to play Goddard. Goddard. You have to. Be safe. I, yeah, I, I mean it sucks, but that's a people have been starting Goddard a lot lately. I, I don't know what numbers he's been putting. I know Ertz has been killing it, but the Eagles have no receivers. That's the Ain't thing. That's the truth. Yeah, so they they just been throwing it to uh, tight ends this whole time. All right, uh, John in Dallas needs some. Where does John Shaw live? Our buddy John Shaw, former guest of the show. Does he live in Dallas? Uh, he lives no. in Texas. Does he? Not Does he sure. not? I swear to God, he lives in Texas. I thought he lives in like Alabama or something. He went to Auburn for college. I think he, I thought he lives in like more not Texas, like the like Alabama, Mississippi. Okay, or I one I, of those, I should one know of those this. crummy low education states. Right, this probably is not. But John's him. a very bright fellow. Yeah, he is very bright. Need some receiver help, guys. He's good keep, at blackjack too. Keep riding the wave of Darius Slayton or roll with Mike Williams. Uh, we already talked about Darius Slayton earlier in the program. Uh, Darius Slayton is at home against the Dolphins. Mike Williams uh, is uh, home against the Vikings, Dave. Which one would you rather start between Slayton and Mike Williams? I might actually start Slayton, oddly enough. I think I would, too. Against my better judgment, because I had a dream two nights ago that Hunter, <laughs> Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen both went down <laughs> you had in, a dream in the game. Yeah. With Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen? I, it's not it? like I went to bed dreaming of this. It's just I had the dream. <laughs> And Allen and Hunter Henry went down, and Mike Williams ended the game with like eight for 180 and two touchdowns. That is something a dream. Like that that yeah. is a total. Because he'll dream. never do that. No, yeah, he never in score. his life. It's so weird because he makes these incredible plays when Philip Rivers bombs down the field. There's just no consistency with that guy. When Philip Rivers shot puts it to him. Were we right about him for for dynasty purposes? Well, I'm not buying him. I, I, I think no, no. I, when he came out, when he came out of college, I think so. Yeah. I think I don't think he's been that great. I think he's 
kind of gets hurt a bit. A bit. And uh, I don't think he's going to be great going forward. Plus, you have you know some QB uncertainty. You have a guy who's a, a shot putter quarterback right. um, who doesn't swear. I mean, who doesn't swear? Did and, then, you... and, then, and has like 20 kids. More than you – know, uh, who is that guy? The, not Derrick Henry, the guy who used to play. Oh, uh, Adrian Peterson? Oh, no, um, tra- uh, Travis Henry. Yeah, Travis more, yeah Henry. more than Travis yeah. Henry. That guy's got it. So anyway. oh, oh, hold on. Breaking news. Travis Henry just had another kid. Exactly. Yeah. Um, for the, you know, so, no, I don't like him. Um, I just had a really good comment about Mike Bullen. You know, he's one of these guys, Dave, that I watched him play in college, and I'm like, oh, he's going to be a really good pro. And then we get to the pre-draft season, I'm like, I'm not touching this guy. <laughs> really? Isn't that weird? Yeah. Well, you don't watch a whole lot of college football. I don't football, watch but... a ton of college. Yeah. I, I, wa- you know, I will watch most of the bowl games and, and like, the hyped up players, I'll try and you know watch them or at least watch a few games of them yeah. during the season. There is uh, they, they just have to really stand out. I mean, like Aaron again. I'll go back to this. Aaron Hernandez when he was playing in college. Yeah, I walked into a bar with Leroy. It was the Stone Toad Bar, and he was in the middle of the game, and I'm like, oh my god, who's that huge awesome guy who's just killing it? And it was Aaron Hernandez. I mean, everyone knew. You could tell he was a man amongst boys. Yeah. Um, Look out for Florida State's running backs in the next few years. Oh yeah, uh, Mike Norvell is the new head coach at Florida State, and basically you don't you don't play running back or receiver for Mike Norvell. You just play you're you're just out there. Really? Yeah, you carry the so ball. They're all catching passes like he, he coached Daryl Henderson in college. He coached Tony Pollard in college, and those guys put up sick numbers. And I think now and that was that by the way that was at Memphis. That was at Memphis, where you can't recruit at all. Right, you're just now you're he goes getting, to Florida you're State. Whatever, yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's gonna be some interesting running that's actually really running backs coming out of Florida State. A lot Florida of like State. three down back possibilities. There's gonna be one this year that's gonna come out in the draft in Cam Akers, and I, I still think he's a day two pick, and I'll probably get him in one or two of my dynasty leagues. I think he's gonna be a solid pro. I he catches ball. He's a five star prospect, one of the best high school players in the country. He actually played quarterback for Ole Miss. And Florida State recruited him from Mississippi. Or not Ole Miss. He played high school in Mississippi. Florida State got him out of the state of Mississippi, which never happens. And he went on to a pretty good career at Florida State, despite them having zero, and I mean zero, offensive line in front of him. Really? It was terrible. And Akers put up like a thousand yard season, and then like two. I think he's going to have a thousand yards this season too. He's going to uh, be good pro. Yeah. All yeah. right, moving on. Uh, we have a quarterback question from Landon in Athens, Georgia. That's SEC country. Dear Kurt and Steve, I know Dave will probably say Kyler Murray, or would he? Kyler Murray or Ryan Tannehill this week, guys? TIA, that is Landon in Athens, Georgia, Dave, as we look at the uh, matchups here for Kyler Murray. This week, he is taking on the Cleveland Browns at home. Ryan Tannehill is going to be at home against the Texans. Who are you starting this week? You know what? I'm, you know... I think I might start Tannehill. I mean, wow. they're both at home, and Tannehill's the slight favorite, uh, and it totals a little bit higher. I mean, they're, the team is projected to score more points. And Murray's coming off that you know, little bit of an injury. Uh, you know, I don't think he's really listed as questionable like he was last week, but I like Murray quite a bit. But, I mean, he's not like he's, he's not Lamar Jackson, not running the pistol. I mean, he, he has the talent to run the pistol, but, you know, Greg Roman's not running that offense. And so he gets, you know, five rushing yards, and it's a little yeah. bit – Freaking irritating, and Tannehill's—you got to start the hot player. Tannehill's yeah. hot. Um, be a fun little match. First of all, I agree with you. I'm playing Tannehill. I actually have him going. Dave, that game—that game has shootout written all yeah. over it, right? I actually have him going in the uh, championship round of the Scott Fish Bowl this week. 
just to let you know there. So how um, does the Scott Fishbowl Championship round work? It, last week it was um, ten wild card teams from the divisions, and then the ten division or the ten teams that got buys from the divisions in your conference, and then the top ten. So that's twenty teams. The top ten moved Forget on, it. and now whoever's out of those top ten, there's like there's ten groups of ten, and the top scoring from each ten each group. <laughs> Moves on to the championship next week. This I made this it. This is why I. This is why I hate it. This is this is how far I made it last year, and right, I try to figure this crap out. Right. This is how I far far I made it last year, and I lost this week, and I'm planning on doing it. Although I am the highest scoring team in my little pool, so we'll see what happens. I had Mark Ingram going last night. Congratulations. So we'll see what happens there. Um. You know who did? Oh, too bad that uh, lost by left because he did not have Mark Ingram going last night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. Right. Fun little. Trivia uh, to point out about the Arizona-Cleveland game, Dave. Both teams will feature the last two Heisman Trophy winners at quarterback this week. Both of them went to Oklahoma, and now the Heisman Trophy, which will be announced tomorrow night, also features another Oklahoma quarterback as a finalist. Can they make it three in a row? Probably not, but still fun to talk about. I don't like that. You know why I don't like Jalen Hurts? Why? I don't like a person whose last name is a plural. Oh, okay. So, I mean... I don't like it. So if it was Christian McCaffrey's, you would have been off him. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't like him that much. I mean, if, it's, if it was Jalen Hurts, it's like, okay. But Jalen Hurts, it's like, I feel like they should be completing the sentence. What about like DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, I'm used to that, so it's a little <laughs> bit different. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes? Also used to it. Well, you weren't used to it two years ago. But okay, but okay, here's Devontae the Devontae Adams? No, but here's the difference. Hurts is a verb. Jalen Hurts, his, oh, his, his pee-pee. Okay. Jalen Hurts, his brother. Right. So it, I don't okay. I guess I don't like the fact that it's a it's a plural and it's a verb. So right. it, it's just not. So that. so to reiterate, <laughs> Jalen Hurts bad, Zach Ertz good, right? <laughs> is it, is it, yeah. Okay. What what about Robert Woods? Because you could Woods something, couldn't you? Yeah, but no one you. But oh, I got one. How about this one? Yeah. Stephon Diggs. Yeah, that's annoying. You don't like that? No, I don't like it. And I'll and I'll back you up on this. I don't know if you've ever drafted him. I don't. I don't normally draft him. That's interesting. But Woods is different because you don't normally say, you know, Chris Wood. Woods do that. You know, that's just not proper English. Well, is Wood a verb? I don't think Woods a verb. Right. Right. Whatever. Yeah. We right. wouldn't. You wouldn't use Woods as like as that. Yeah. All right. This is a fun little. I, I keep going through this, trying <laughs> trying to find another one to stump you on, but I think that uh, that we're yeah, gonna have to. Your last name. Yeah. I guess. All right. Fair enough. Let's go to one more question here, Dave, before we call it. Uh, call it. Uh, okay. What about Brandon Cooks? Brandon Cooks, one thing about him is, you know what, if you have to choose who to start this week, you're not starting him over Higby. Higby is the yeah, start. Yeah, he is. Yeah, God, I'm I can't believe how Brandon Cooks has fallen off. He should get traded to, like, his fifth NFL team soon. Packers could use him. Yeah. I'd be down with I that. Don't, I don't understand how the – is he that bad? I don't know. I, maybe Cooper Cup's that good. Um, Robert Woods has been awesome. Tyler Higby. Remember, Gerald Everett had some pretty good games, too, this year when he was healthy. Uh, so they're getting a lot of production out of that tight end position and, and for the Rams. True, and we did say coming into preseason, you can't have all these guys getting drafted this early on this team, and for good reason, because yeah. not all three are going to perform well, and Cooks is the odd man out. Not not even the great uh, Sean McVay could uh, save them from that disaster. McVay sucks. Final, he doesn't suck. Let's find a, go to the final question. Bill in Minneapolis. Hey, Balky and Dave, I already have McCaffrey, Fournette, and Melvin Gordon locked in. Should I go with Miles Sanders or Devin Singletary as my final flex? Thanks for the email, Bill. Thanks for all the emails uh, this week, guys. Really appreciate that. Always makes Thanks, content we'll, for the show great. We'll look it up for you. All right, so, well, okay, well, let, let them know here. Miles Sanders is at the Redskins, Dave. 
Devin Singletary is at Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start Sanders because I think he's more talented than Singletary. All right, here's the thing. I agree with you there. I think it's razor thin. But before you answered, I was going to say Singletary, and I'm still going to stick to that. I don't have a problem with Sanders over him. Um, but I like Singletary this week uh, going against uh, To be Pittsburgh. fair, uh, I'm just like Football Guys does have Singletary ahead of Sanders. Okay, well, they have it. For whatever that means. For whatever it's worth, indeed. And that is going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, good stuff tonight from Garrett Lerner. want to thank him. I want to thank Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and, of course, each and every one of you. Remember, don't forget about that Lou Tranquilly episode on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, rotoviz.com slash podcast, or anywhere you get podcasts. Get uh, registered for the FFPC Playoff Challenge as well as the Football Guys Playoff Challenge, giving away uh, almost $1.5 million uh, in those two contests combined coming up at the uh, uh, beginning of February. Uh, really appreciate you guys listening. Good luck if you are still playing in the championship round or in any of your ancillary dynasty leagues at the FFPC. May the ball bounce your way this weekend and your weekend. This has been another out. episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the team floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. We were, we were talking, and, and Tupacker made a um, salient point. Yeah, well, not a salient point, but he was saying about how I had, you know, I made the playoffs in Carrington when I was rebuilding this year. And I was looking at my draft picks, obviously, because I got eliminated last week. I, and I may have been looking at it wrong, but I think not only do I have three first-round picks this coming draft, I think I have three second-round picks as well. Balky, that's amazing. So I really be, I should be able to stack up. And if I can flip Devontae Parker in that league, now I might have something. I don't think you're rebuilding. You're just retooling. Yeah, retooling. You, speaking of retooling, uh, freaks of the industry early in the season was trying to trade another me, team in the league. In, in, yeah, in Carrington, he was trying to trade me Devonte Parker like over and over and over again. I'm like, dude, I have no interest in. Him. I just, I don't, I don't want him on my How'd team. You, oh, you cut him? Then he cut him, oh, and then yeah. I picked him up for like two bucks or whatever. And then, <laughs> but the, but what's funny? Because remember, we were talking about this with Garrett Lerner when Preston Williams was healthy. Devonte Parker was sort of an also ran. He was very not. He was not doing much. Right, and then he gets hurt. Parker gets cut, I pick up Parker, and now I'm reaping the spoils. Yeah, I feel like, especially if you sell him, I think it's like, you know, flip or flop, kind of right. like that house show. So you say, oh, you really got the last laugh on Freaks of the Industry there, Balky. Well, he was the team that knocked me out last weekend, so <laughs> uh, I think everything is A-OK with him. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy Week 15. Good luck in the championship. <laughs>